Welcome to the Turning Point Show, where we pull back the curtain on high-performance individuals. Here's your host, Andrew O'Malley. A great conversation with Mike Craddock from Kairos Media there. Uh, Mike's a fascinating, fascinating character. You know, he's done so much in the space of a few years. He's 23 years old at the moment, but he originally was uh, big into YouTube gaming. He had 300,000 subscribers, over 50 million views on YouTube before moving into professional gaming for a while. And uh, now he runs a successful influencer marketing and social media agency. So uh, we had a great conversation from start to finish. You know, we covered a lot of topics between how he got into YouTube, how he grew it, you know, and his move into esports and where the industry's going. Like, the industry is going to be uh, project to be worth a billion dollars now in the next couple of years so it's an exciting space to look at then we moved on to discuss how he got into how he got started his new new company and you know the struggles he had successes he had along the way you know advice for people wanting to start their own business and lessons he's learned uh, that type of thing so bear in mind just the the first kind of maybe five six seven eight minutes uh, the connection was a bit bit fuzzy so uh, the audio quality isn't the best for the first while, but it improves as we go on, and it's uh, flawless after a while. So make sure you stick through because there's a lot of a lot of gold in this episode. I want to take this time to say thanks again for listening, for subscribing, for giving it a rate on iTunes. All the support and feedback has been great. If you have any feedback on things you'd like us to do differently or uh, guests you'd like to have on, I'd love to hear from you. So uh, you can get in touch with me on variety social media channels uh andrew o'malley thanks again take care and enjoy episode four of the turning point show podcast so i'm delighted to welcome michael craddock onto the podcast today michael's been been through a few different phase shifts in recent years he was originally a youtube gaming channel and he had over three hundred thousand subscribers and then he moved into competing into professional gaming for a while and uh, now he's got a successful uh, social digital agency Kairos Media and Kairos Talent Management Agency as well uh, that's really taken off now since he began with his, his co-founder about 18 months ago so uh, I'm delighted to have Mike on the podcast today so thanks for coming on Mike no, I, I appreciate it and uh, yeah it'd be good to go, go through some stuff and, yeah thanks for having me definitely uh, so I suppose uh, starting off we'll look a bit into your background so how did you first get started uh, making videos and putting them up on YouTube yeah, um, that feels a long time ago now, Jesus. So I originally started when I was 17. Um, so I'm 23 now, so six years ago, so 2010. Uh, basically just making like Call of Duty videos in my bedroom while I was at college and while I was working full time. Um, I had a little bit of success because I was okay at Call of Duty back then and I got some traction from doing that. And ultimately, my channel just started growing. And yeah, ultimately managed to do YouTube full time for probably about three and a half years or so, being my main source of revenue. Um, as the influencer sphere started blowing up, started working on like Activision, uh, Microsoft, Ubisoft, you know, these AAA publishers, and then built up a little bit of a personal brand. Um, and yeah, until I got a little bit burnt out and bored of it, but a quick sum up. But yeah, that's, that was my YouTube career, I guess. Yeah, I suppose uh, when you first hopped into YouTube, it wasn't something that was very mainstream. Like, uh, 
I'm sure a lot of people are kind of wondering what you're doing, putting these videos of yourself, playing playing games yeah. on <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. I think when I first started, I think the only way you could actually make any money was if you were like a Machinima Respawn director, and then you were posting on Machinima Respawn, then you get like a cut of the revenue or something. Like there wasn't anything involved. Uh, like literally, I didn't even tell my mom and dad that I bought a HDPV or a Dazzle back making Call of Duty videos and putting them on the internet. Um, yeah, it's kind of, well, it's now one of the main, most popular things in the world. Everyone kind of wants to grow up to be a blogger or something. Yeah, so it's, the, the shift in the past five years has been, um, I'm glad I've stayed involved in the space at least. Anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, now I think a lot more people uh, realise that's the way like you can have a career. I suppose once you've started kind of, making some decent income as well off it kind of opened people's eyes to as well they they realize you aren't kind of just sitting in your your room playing video games all the time so uh just bro just briefly last question on the youtube side of things so uh i suppose that that is the impression if if you said to someone who wasn't in the know-how like oh they think oh, i play when when you did this uh that you played video games for a living or full time uh but it's actually a lot more kind of a lot more work goes into that. So what would the average day have looked like when you're on your typical day of producing content for YouTube? Um, so I probably wake up about 1 or 2 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, to be totally honest. I would then mainly play Call of Duty straight. So like with, with my channel, I mainly try to build it around me being a good player, give people tips, give people advice, especially at the very start. So... That meant playing for quite a significant amount of time to try and get the right gameplay, the most entertaining game or something like that. So I'd probably play for maybe seven, eight hours straight um, to try and get that one game. Then after that would be like 9 or 10 p.m., actually record a commentary, edit it, render it, upload it, get into somewhere that I was reasonably happy with. So probably about 2 or 3 a.m. I would normally kind of like stop recording or working as such. So normally it would be about 12 hours from start to finish that kind of angle and kind of the video that I had a lot more effort, like a montage or something, like they literally could take months to record, like you know, literally months. Even like I did like a road to rank one series back in 2011, you know, I had to wake up incredibly early on a Monday morning to make sure the leaderboards reset in time, then record the live videos and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like a lonely job as well, YouTube, to be honest. You know, you don't really leave the house, you don't socialize too often. You know, YouTube, even though it looks from the outside, you don't get time off, you don't get paid work. If you take a week holiday, the channel suffers. So there's a lot of benefits about YouTube, you don't get me wrong. There's also a lot of downsides as well. But um, yeah, for three and a half, four years, I kind of burn out with it. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it can, it can take its toll then, especially like the, the irregular hours. It's just... Uh, eventually i suppose it catches up with a lot of people so uh you briefly you briefly got into the professional side of things with the uh, game of call of duty so uh what made you kind of hop into that originally um so we originally looked at i think it was me and benny we kind of looked at the esports scene in europe and we felt like there's a lot of really good teams in call of duty but in terms of like having an actual following there wasn't really anybody, and we thought there was a bit of an open market to make an esports team that was built a bit more on social following and, you know, see if we could do it. So we ramped up a couple of YouTubers that we knew were players. We got uh, it was Insomulus, um, who had around 80,000 subscribers. Then he had around 100,000. 
think I had around 250,000 at that time. And then we're talking to a guy called iCamp as well. Um, so Richard, he had like 150,000. He didn't want to do it. So we worked with Shay, um, who was also a YouTuber. Originally, we were dreadful, absolutely dreadful as a team. And we can't, instead of um, selling sponsorships with how good we were, we tried to use the angle of, oh, we could promote around social media. And, you know, I think we quickly became like one of the most popular teams. Um, we weren't the best, don't get me wrong, we weren't the best, but in terms of like, popularity, we live streamed all our content online, you know, we were featured. We did all right in the end, we played MLG Anaheim, the G-Fini Collegiate Championships, for example, but yeah, I did that for a year and a half, and that's, that's the angle that we went in, that's why we started. I suppose it's uh, in a similar vein as well as the YouTube side of things that people think oh you play professional or you're playing video games for a living that it's all easy but you know the hours these guys put into it is uh, is astonishing really um, I suppose it's something that's a bit of a hot topic at the moment esports in general uh, I think it's supposed to be going to be a billion dollar industry now in the next kind of two to three years uh, from what I've read what what kind of like I'm just getting kicked out of this room oh that's right so uh, I'm alright I'm alright apparently we're good oh you're alright oh that's fine um, <laughs> I am putting in the interview I just need to make sure I like jump in the interview room or something oh that's alright yeah hopefully I don't get kicked out, kicked out of my room now but, um, so yeah the esports industry it's uh, becoming really kind of a mainstream thing I know like football teams like uh, PSG and you know a lot yeah. of kind of NBA teams are getting involved so uh, is it, do you have any views on the kind of industry as a whole and where it's going? Oh, like as a whole, I don't think anybody knows where it's going. Like, it's insane. Um, you know, with League of Legends, you know, the average consumer viewers are more than like the FA Cup final or the Champions League final. It is insane. Um, I think it needs to mature a little bit. Um, depends on depends on the game. You know, look at Call of Duty and people are shouting from the outside, you know, shouting from the players. That needs to go. But in terms of the game as a whole, like CSGO, they'll get like a million concurrent viewers, you know, at the ESL tournament, it's insane. You know, League Legends, like, there's all these different games, there's so much diversity, but the hours that these guys put in are insane. You know, these sponsorships and now six, seven figures in some cases, they're getting huge sign-on bonuses, all these football football teams are getting involved, like, it's becoming really mainstream, which is really exciting, actually. Um, it is really exciting, but no one knows where it's going. You know, all these professional teams are signing, signing teams or players, but not with a full, I mean, some of them, some of them are, don't get me wrong, but no one really understands exactly where they're going with it or what's going to happen in five years, but it's exciting. Um, over the past, like, two years especially, it's really blew up, so the next, you know, two years as well, it's going to be a pretty exciting time. Oh, definitely, yeah, no, something definitely I'll be keeping an eye on myself, and uh, I suppose there'll be a lot of opportunities in a lot of different areas uh, going forward yeah. there in that space. Um, so I suppose, uh, moving on a bit now, uh, if you want to take us through kind of so you finished with the YouTube kind of you, you got a bit disillusioned with that as you said and you kind of stopped yeah. stopped gaming uh, professionally. So what uh, can you if you want to take us through the process of going from there up into getting started with your co-founder starting Kairos? Uh, if you want to just talk us through that a bit. Yeah. Um, so originally Chris came to me with like the idea of an influencer agency. However, focused on like Twitter influencers, and that's what kind of the idea he gave to me. That I, I kind of bit, I was honest with him. I said I like the idea, but I'm not really in a position where I can take a leap of faith and do my own company. It's like my YouTube channel weren't doing great. Um, I kind of wanted to 
do a job, to be honest with you. Um, so I had a few interviews at a couple of different companies. I had a job interview in Frankfurt um, with the guys at Crytek who actually offered me the job in the end. But the one that really changed my mind was I had a job interview at an agency down in London to run one of their accounts. Um, I won't say exactly the client, like hypothetically say it's Nissan. I kind of said to them, like, if I have a great idea for, you know, Xbox or Activision, or EA, can we pitch to them? And they were like, no, you've got to focus on Xbox. And I was like, hmm. So I kind of walked out. And I actually said to my girlfriend, I was like, I genuinely think I could do better by like coming up to these ideas and going to the brands themselves and trying to sell in our ideas. Um, so I went, back, I went back to Chris. We had like a few meetings in terms of the company. I think I had like 10 pounds in my bank account at that point though. And I was like, okay, yeah, doing a company is not smart. Um, you know, my dad was like, yeah, you should really accept the job in Germany because Definitely a great salary. You know, it, it was an amazing offer from those guys and, you know, always appreciate what they what they did. Um, I did accept the job. And then about a week before I was supposed to move to Germany, I rang them up and said, listen, guys, I'm sorry, I'm going to change my mind. I rang Chris up and said, yeah, let's just do the company. If it fails, it fails. You know, at least we'll give it a go. Um, but the company in Germany, were, uh, Crytek, were really great. They actually said I could work from home for a period of time, um, you know, actually create content for them from from my home base and I would get, you know, percent of what I was supposed to be getting as a salary. So I had that bit of security there. I was doing some journalist stuff at Red Bull. So I had a little bit of income coming in there. So I could kind of also focus more attention on Kairos. So yeah, we've been going uh, now for 18 months. We start as a talent management company, mainly uh, managing YouTubers, managing influencers, looking after their brands, their IP, sponsorship deals, events. And about six months ago, we kind of rebranded into Kairos Media. Um, so now we're in more of a digital social agency, as you said, with a very key specialism within influencer marketing. So we get we um, we look at companies' digital strategy, their social strategy, how they're tackling social media. If it's a mobile company, how we can increase their user acquisition. If it's you know a, a food brand wants to get into esports, we can develop their strategy, for example, how to do that. And ultimately, like there's a lot of big agencies or big companies trying to get involved, but without the actual idea of how to do it. So we just basically help their entire strategy and activate accordingly, um, have our own software so we can track and report campaigns better than 90% of agencies or companies in the space um, and basically tell companies exactly what they're paying for. So yeah, that's where we're, we're currently at. Yeah, no, because I suppose influencer marketing was something that's relatively new, like wasn't around kind of four or five years ago. And yeah. I, I, I'm sure that the experience you had uh, from the YouTube side of things that you're being approached by a lot of, lot of different companies looking to adverti- advertise through you. So you had a lot of hands-on, first-hand experience uh, yourself with that. So that, I'm sure, helped massively. Um, if you want to just talk through uh, uh, the power of influencer marketing today, <coughs> excuse me, uh, like the return on investment that like companies can get from, from it. Uh, I know a lot of companies still are probably a bit in the dark about the actual benefits of it. Yeah, I mean, influence marketing as a whole, it's, it can be very different to what you're going to do. You know, you've got, you've got so many social platforms and anybody can be an influencer, right? You know, you could be, you can have 100 followers on Instagram. That's still an influencer. Obviously, it, it scales depending on who you are and what you're working with. And everyone's KPIs are different in this space as well. So, like, the problem with this space currently is that there's a lot of agencies or people getting involved who don't understand the market. Um, so I, I uh, was talking to a company yesterday, for example, and they came back and said, oh, yeah, we tried influencers, but it doesn't work. And then 
when when I inquired though about like their previous campaigns and how much they paid or similar, I could tell why it didn't work. They paid, I would generally say about seven times what we would have charged. The the influencers were totally wrong who should have been used. And I kind of said, like, listen, we'll run a trial for you. We'll give you a couple of grand for free to do a trial for us. We'll show you the power of influencers. That's how much belief we have in our system. I think, you know, in terms of like earned media, I believe there's a 9,900% increase um, in terms of traditional ad revenue. And then in terms of like paid media, $9 per $1 investor now. As a whole, though, I don't really believe statistics like that because everyone's brand is different. You know, a mobile company, you've got to compare it to like Facebook ads, but I'd still say YouTube is like, YouTube and Instagram is the best for brand awareness. You know, a lot of factors have to be taken into consideration when we're working with influencers, the price, creatives, influencers to really make it work. Like influence marketing can be the best form of advertising in the world, or it could just do nothing for you. And that's why you got to try and work with the right partner. Yeah, exactly. I suppose it's like a lot of different forms of marketing. If you're kind of targeting the wrong audience or the wrong, whatever it may be, it's, it's not going to work at the end of the day. You know, it's about kind of finding that kind of getting on board with people like yourselves who know the business inside out and knowing how to go after the people that matter um, were did you have any struggles in the beginning as a business and if so how did you battle through them or was there was there any moments that you kind of thought oh this isn't going to work yeah for the entire first six weeks of this business um, when I had like no money in my bank I was trying to juggle like Red Bull Crytek and Kairos we did not do a deal for the first six weeks uh, like no clients no business there was absolutely nothing and I and I said to my dad, I was like, shit, I might, I might have made a mistake here. Maybe I should have gone for that Germany job after all. But um, yeah, we signed a, a $1,000 deal after six weeks um, and took 15% margin on it. So we made $150 in six weeks, which at that point I was like, okay, yeah, we, we did a deal, but it was really nothing. Um, then we got like a, a 20 grand campaign and then the next week was a six-figure campaign. So I was like, okay, this this is real money now. It's actually, you know, legitimate. And then from then we just scaled, 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 you know, ultimately just tried to do the best job we can as a business. We really care about the clients, you know, ultimately if we deliver a good ROI, they're going to keep coming back to us. So yeah, the struggle was mainly in the first six weeks. Um, we just did no business. We, there just didn't seem to be any interest and we were struggling to find out what value we could add. And that's one reason why we developed this software to give us a bit more of a value add and all these other factors as well. No, definitely. Yeah. No, I suppose most businesses as well go through that kind of yeah. phase and sometimes it's a lot longer than six weeks. But uh, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, so what would your main kind of form of lead generation for clients you'd have? Uh, so where would you source the clients from and how would you build a relationship with them? Honestly, I'd love to know that question because I actually, I, I, honestly, I have no idea how I get in business. Um, as silly as that sounds, you know, Chris is more so sales driven than me so like his job is more sales focused whereas mine is more about campaign delivery so you know if chris brings on hypothetically unilever he'll like do that initial sale that initial brief i will then handle client as a point of contact deliver the entire campaign report back etc etc so you know i think originally it was a lot of like my personal connections that we actually worked with and um, so i had personal connections with the likes of activision um, with ea ubisoft alienware companies such as that from the start so kind of like leverage that you know built some case studies and then literally rank companies linkedin cold cold messaging you know net, mainly it was for like networking events etc but 
a variety of different stuff to be honest oh no it's very, very interesting stuff altogether um i suppose something that you, you've actually started on the side i've seen is a kind of your own personal brand as youtube channel uh mike craddock and uh you're kind of I know you kind of follow Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk a bit. Yeah. About, uh, he talks all about uh, documenting the journey along the way. So um, do you have any plans with your personal brand yourself? I know you put put out a lot of content on Snapchat and other media. I, I want to do more. Um, yeah, I, I want to get into it properly, but it's just like, it's time. All right, like I usually leave my house at 7 a.m. and get in at 10 p.m. Like for me, to then get a video, it's like, oh. Where is the time to then go edit a video and upload it or render it, whatever that may be? If I had someone doing it, like recording for me, it'd be great. Like, I, I would 100% be uploading like daily on like Facebook, YouTube, and stuff. I, w- I want to do it. Um, I also want to get the position, the company into a position where it's, I guess, um, it's more interesting from a viewer's perspective because, like, we're still a startup right now. You know, we're still a relatively small company. We have less than a team of 10, for example. So it's very, very hands on. Whereas Gary, obviously, it's actually, you know, 500 every day is different. Every day is like really interesting with it. I think my day is eight hours on a Mac, for example. So uh, I, I want to be down the line, don't get me wrong, start like doing more stuff on Snapchat, doing more stuff on Instagram. And then I think slowly but surely I'll get more on Facebook and YouTube. But I think that's a bit more for like in like four to six months, I think. Yeah, when you free up a bit of time, um, you have to get yourself a personal D-Rock, and I, uh, like Gary has. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh just on a bit more kind of practical advice then for for people say someone listening has their own business or they're kind of an influencer themselves or trying to kind of push the the influencer side of things is there any advice you give them to build in their platforms on say youtube and uh kind of social media in general is it if you're an influencer you want to grow your social media following in that way yeah yeah pretty much yeah you gotta do it you got to do what you love. Um, ultimately, you know, there's a lot of people starting, you know, they see the money involved in YouTube or something, they get involved because they want to try and make good money, but that's not the reason why you should get involved in making content. You've genuinely got to really do something you enjoy, something that you're passionate about. It will resolute into your audience, they become more engaging, etc. You know, even if it's not mainstream as such, there is an audience for literally every single thing in the world. There's an audience to DIY, for room decoration for cooking like no matter no matter what so just do something that you're passionate about and ultimately you're going to put a lot of time into it as well it's not going to happen overnight you're not going to get a million subscribers overnight it just takes a lot of time a lot of attention you've got to really do a lot of research inside the algorithms you know seo all these different factors networking with youtubers collaborating um but yeah it's, it's a lot of work and just don't expect it overnight it will take years to build up a following but in a long run, it's worth it. But um, yeah, you got to do anything that you enjoy. That's where you got to pursue. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I know anyone I've talked to uh, who's been successful has always said that they kind of you have to enjoy what you're doing, or else you won't be uh, able to consistently put in those long hours needed to make it a success. Yeah. So, um, would you then have any any advice? Maybe someone's on the fence about uh, they have a business idea and they're kind of debating whether or not they should uh, give it a go. Would you have any kind of advice or kind of insights on on how they should approach it, whether they should kind of maybe do it on the side while working a job or uh, kind of go and diving into it? Yeah, I think like all, always that depends on where you are in life. Um, like, like if I had 
you know, an apartment, a girlfriend who I need to pay for and like a kid, I would not have started Kairos. I would have gone for a more secure, like 30 grand a year job. And I was in a lucky position where I was living at my parents' house. I had like 20 pound in my bank account. They weren't making me pay rent or anything like that. So even if I made no money, which I did, um, it wasn't the end of the world. So I was in a lucky position there. You know, if you're, especially if you're young, you're in like, you just finished uni, you just finished college, you know, you're living at home or something like that. You have nothing to lose. Like there's genuinely nothing to lose. So you may as well go for it. You know, obviously, you know, if you're in your thirties and you've got more that you need to pay, it is a tricky situation, you know, whether you would want to save up your money, get a hundred grand locked away in savings and then pursue a business or something, or just do it part-time, you know, do it on the side. You know, most people work nine to five and most people go to sleep like 10 or 11 p.m. There's still five, six hours after work that you could pursue into something. And that's, that's a long time. You can do a lot in five hours. So, yeah, I think it depends on where you are as a person. But, and also it depends on your long-term goals. You know, a lot of people are happy just doing that nine to five. Then they go out with friends. You know, they go drinking, they go for, eat food or whatever it'll be. You know, when you've got your own company, you don't do that. I, I leave at 7. I leave at 7 a.m. I get in at 10 p.m. I, I think I messaged my girlfriend once the entire day yesterday and she kind of moaned at me, to be honest. you got to live and breathe the entire company and that's not everybody can cope with that. Um, I couldn't at the start and it's, yeah, it's taken time, but now it's something that I really enjoy and I'm really passionate about. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's great advice. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you're, you're young, as you said, you don't have many commitments and oftentimes... You know, you have to think, what's the worst that can happen if I give this a go and it doesn't work out? Like, you're not going to be, like a lot of times, if you have, like, any of your parents are willing to, to have you in, in the home, that you're not going to be homeless or something like that if it all goes uh, goes the wrong way. So, um, do you have any long-term vision for both yourself and uh, Kairos as a whole, looking into the future, maybe five or ten years down the line? Um, I think especially with the space that we're involved in, we've got to adapt all the time. You know, when a new, when a new platform gets involved, we've got to, we're always going to look out for like a new social media platform, which could be the big next thing, you know, where, where the audience is going. Obviously Snapchat's quite interesting. Facebook and Instagram are making changes. So who knows where that's going to go? Like I don't even have a year plan, honestly, never mind. It's like a five to 10 year plan. Um, you know, we have some good plans this year, like expansion plans. It's like, you know, different cities or different countries. But yeah, I have no idea. Um, at the minute, we're just riding the wave and just enjoying it. And then hopefully it ends well. You know, we don't get me wrong. We have like a, a direction, a plan that we want to go with. But yeah, five to 10 years, that seems a very, like you know, influence marketing really wasn't a thing five years ago. True, and, true, yeah. You know, it's, who knows what's going to happen. Like Google tomorrow could say, hey, you're not, Doing any brand deals or any paid work on YouTube, like they could easily do that. And we're like, okay, you know, that's, that's interesting. But yeah, we've got to just adapt and just change with the space, really. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, so I'll just ask you one more uh, long question and then we'll go jump into a few quick fire questions. I know you're busy, so um, I won't keep you too long more. Um, so, kind of the last main question I have is uh, what would be the biggest lesson? or two that you've learned being in business now the last 18 months or so? The biggest lesson? Yeah. Um, uh, that's a hard one, actually. I think, like, ultimately, it's just the amount of time. Um, like, not, not, not so much a lesson, but, like, in the past two years, etc., there's been a lot of, like, competitors come up and, and fail, and, and some do well. And, you know, working nine to five, 
you aren't going to grow as quick as a company who are working like nine to nine, all right? You know, like the time and effort that we put in, you know, for example, yesterday I got in the office at half eight, I left at six, I went to the gym, I got in at 8 p.m. and then worked till midnight. So I, could, I don't know how many hours that is, but, I, and you know, everything still wasn't done. You know, the amount of time that you need to put into a business or a company is obscene, you know, and also hiring the correct people we found is like, hugely hugely important you know you can't grow a successful company just by yourself just with another person you know people around you are the ones that help you grow help support you they have a different idea a different vision which might generally be incredible so yeah the people you surround yourself with and work with is probably been the biggest learning curve for me that's for sure oh yeah no that's the great advice there for anyone anyone listen uh, so I'll, I'll move on to a few quick fire questions that i have now so uh, yeah. i'm not sure if you're you're a big reader or not but is there any are there any books that you'd recommend people read uh, it could be any genre um i don't really read books to be honest I, I read gary's a couple of gary b's books and then i read um how to make friends and influence people in the digital age which is a good book but other than that that's the, that's the only things i've read in terms of like business apart from harry potter they're the only <laughs> that i've read in whole business scene oh yeah no that's that's around uh, so is there any then i know obviously you follow gary but is there anyone else you kind of follow uh, in the digital space kind of relevant to what you're doing um, um on a regular yeah. basis i follow like what steve does um steve bartler at the social chain um they're in quite similar obviously they're only based in manchester as well and i've met the guys met the guys a few times like huge huge respect to what they've done over the past few years um yeah massive respect respect like don and steve so i watch steve quite a bit watch his vlogs watch gary's vlogs and i like even though it's a bit different i watch like casey neistat but yeah, he yeah. still has a busy lifestyle even though it's not directly running like a company as such well obviously beam was a beam was a company that he grew and and, and sold quite successfully so yeah they're, they're the three main people that i would watch oh great answers uh this is a bit of a more of a this is not so quick for a question but is there a what are who are a couple of people you'd uh alive or dead you'd like to invite to to have dinner with um wow uh no nah, that's good um and yeah i actually got this girl got this question from my girlfriend's mom at day, and they were like just saying people that they found attractive it was like oh yeah this opera singer i was like mm. i was like i just said i'd be really boring and just invite like richard branson for example who's built a huge huge successful company and just ask for advice you know how have you done it what are the things that you've learned as you said how can we get from a to b as quick as possible because everybody like wants to get involved in some way in business. So yes, someone like Richard Branson, Gary Vee, I think would be quite interesting actually, because he's extremely involved in what we're doing. Um, and then even, even like Bill Gates, because he built one of the most successful companies in the world and maintained it as well, which is like, you know, incredible. So anybody like successful in business really. Just, you can bounce it, ideas off. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose if you had Gary there, you'd probably talk. You'd, ne- you'd never stop talking, so other people wouldn't get a word in half the time. <laughs> uh, so just a couple more quick-fire questions then. Uh, would you have any advice for your younger self, say you're uh, maybe 19 or 20? Uh, I know you didn't go to university, so um, would you, looking back, would you do anything differently? Or would you, yeah, so would you have any advice for, for yourself at that age? Yeah, um, so in terms of YouTube, I, I actually wouldn't change anything. So obviously I dropped out of college. I didn't go to university, but that gave me like the experience, contacts as well in this industry to actually form Kairos into 
you know, hopefully what it's going to become. So I wouldn't change that. And, um, you know, my, my dad runs quite a successful business and he's been doing it for like 10 years or so as well. So like, I don't really have that mindset of working with somebody else as well. Um, I would probably look back and say, okay, when I was doing YouTube, I would have changed this, this, and this. I would have taken more opportunities. I'd have been a bit more outgoing. Um, and generally looked at stuff like the algorithm and the SEO a lot more, as opposed to just making content that I wanted to make. Because that must, that's not necessarily that people just want to see. So, yeah, that's what I changed on the YouTube side of it. And then with esports, I don't really think there'd be too much to change. Um, so I don't think we really did that much wrong. Uh, and then with Kairos, I would have liked to have started about six months previous. And I think we should have built the software earlier and quicker. Um, but other than that, that's probably it. That's, that's uh, good, good advice there. Um so I suppose my last uh, quick fire question is, is there anything so over like last few years, you've obviously been around uh, in different shapes and forms, successful people. So is there anything you picked up, uh, any common attributes and these types of people uh, that you kind of see again and again? It's, it's literally just their work ethic and like, especially their work-life balance. Um, you know, when, when we originally started Kairos, I was doing just, Purely like 15, 16 hour days and, and, and just straight. Like, I've worked 16 hours, go to sleep, work 16 hours, go to sleep. Now, especially over these past few months, I've tried to integrate more of a balance. And so I get back from work, I have food, I go to the gym, then, then I go back to work. And then on the weekends, I would pretty much entirely shut off. I'll spend it with my girlfriend, I'll spend it with my family. And then that actually makes us, makes us do more. That makes me do more um, in the grand scheme of things. So having like a successful work life balance. You know, and basically I was watching Gary's video and he mentioned that he had a seven weeks holiday, you know, come 8 p.m. on a Friday night, he just totally, 11 p.m. on Friday night, whatever it was, he just totally shuts off the weekend. And I was like, okay, I'll try and do something similar. So just having that balance, because you just, you can't work 20 hours a day every day. You're just going to burn yourself out and you're just going to get tired of it. So yeah, just um, separating it, spending time with people you love, do it, having a different hobby on the side is obviously pretty important as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Great answer there. So I know you're very busy. So last kind of thing, uh, do you have any parting advice for that you'd like to leave listeners with? In, in terms of what, sorry? Is there any parting advice or kind of uh, anything you'd like to leave listeners with before before we go? Uh, no, obviously I appreciate the time um, from yourself. I, I appreciate I appreciate you inviting me on. I think you're going to touch me about on Snapchat as well. So uh, no, I, I do appreciate it. You know, I think, if you're looking to do, do your own company and you're in a position where you can do and you're like debating it, like, oh, I'm not really sure, just just do it. Like you have ultimately nothing to lose, um, you know, and it could be the greatest decision. Like you, will, you could change your life forever. So if you're in a position where you're debating it, then just do it. Um, just do it. Good luck. Let, let me know how it goes. And yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting doing your own thing, you know, especially when it's something that you're highly passionate about. It is, you know, I'm, I'm doing silly hours. But I, I mean, I'm loving every single day. I, I don't get to the office and hate what I'm doing. You know, it is really enjoyable, and you get perks. You know, like San Francisco last week, for example. So it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, just just if you're in a position, just go for it, and yeah, it might be the best decision of your life, really. Powerful advice uh, and the podcast. So, uh, where is the best place that listeners can find out more about yourself and Kairos? Um, yeah, so I post a bit on Twitter, um, which is at Fearcrads, F-E-A-R-C-R-A-D-S. I do Snapchat, which is the same one. And then Instagram, YouTube is just Mike Crads. 
And then we have a Kairos Media on pretty much every social media platform as well. So yeah. Otherwise, I highly recommend to, to check all those various channels out. So thanks again, Mike, for coming on the show. Uh, it was a great podcast. I know I got a lot out of it, and I'm sure listeners will also. So uh, take care, and thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. Right, cheer- yes. Cheers, Mike. Thanks again for tuning in to episode four of the Turning Point Show podcast with Mike Craddock. You know, uh, apologies again for any audio issues that you heard. Uh, sometimes these things go go wrong with the connection especially when you're dealing with people from other countries so uh, I'll make sure that I do my best in the future to ensure that these issues don't crop up again so thanks again for listening to the podcast and we'll catch you next Thursday for the next episode take care